0: Golden gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shine through the door. It's the hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's the hopeless show,
1: with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Yo, what is up, Rohit? Welcome to another episode of The Hopeless Show.
2: 46.
1: 46 episodes. We are that much closer to episode number 50, which if you uh, are a listener of the show, you know that episode 50 is going to be the grandest, the biggest, the most extreme, extraordinary, the most hopeless, the most hopeful filled. We're going to have so many celebrity guests that there might – like it might over, we, we're going to break the internet. We're going to make break the podcast internet. It's going to be incredible. But right now we're at episode 46, so we're not there yet.
2: Wait, are we, Wait. oh yeah, you're talking about episode 50. Yeah, I have no idea how we're going to do that, but thank you for hyping that up. We got to figure that out, but um, it'll be great. It'll be amazing. Aaron <laughs> yes. has put some big promises out there. Let's see if we can fill them. Huge oh.
1: promises. It's It's all about putting promises out there and then hopefully delivering one of them.
2: <laughs> yes, that's that's how it works. Um,
1: and so, can I just news from the quarantine? News from this uh, this leaving the quarantine? Can I just bring up something, and then I know we have a, a dinner party to talk about? Yeah. So there's a a friend of of both of ours. They're having their their uh, their kid's birthday party, and uh, I was wondering if it's appropriate to Uber to a one-year-old's
2: birthday party? That is also taking place at, starting at like 10.30 in the morning. Um, oh, or I don't early. know when it starts. or is it? I don't even know when it starts, but I should figure that out.
1: What if it but was I, like 7 a.m.? Is it okay to Uber to a child's birthday party at 7 a.m.?
2: <laughs> well, I think... Here's the thing. I think you have to be discreet about it. Don't tell people you Ubered. And also, um, I think what you're going to have to do is um, underneath your shirt we're one of those uh, wine bras, right? And like <laughs> you know, and you just fill it with like two sacks of like, I guess one merlot and the other could be I don't know a cab or even a white wine or a rosé, and then they have the straw, right? So what you're doing is you're being inconspicuous and you're also in a way celebrating motherhood, um, oh. and I think so. I think that would be the way to go about and do this <laughs> is a wine bra. Um, <laughs>
1: so many people would have a problem with what you just said, which is awesome. (laughs) The good thing is
2: those people probably have stopped listening to our show about 40 episodes ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yes. Well, all right. I'm in for that because to me, the reason I bring this up, which will lead into our other big thing from the quarantine is that to me, everything that where you're hanging out with a group of people is a celebration. It's like time to, party it's time to have fun because we just haven't done that in so long i mean you and i did like we had our little you know pod and out. we had some fun times but it was it's still different it's like it was almost like uh prohibition the way we were doing it in the in during the the during covid so it's like now to be able to just go to a friend's house and like celebrate their one-year-old's birthday party i don't know i mean could it even go as far as the funerals like it kind of did i my uncle passed away and at the funeral it sort of became a little bit of like because everyone was hanging out it was like a party he, yeah. he would have liked that he would have been psyched about it. people were drinking wine and
2: stuff so you know, uh, I, I think you make a good point aaron i think what, what i always think about is like for me drinking was the most fun when it was illegal when i wasn't 21 yet because there was a yeah. bit of danger to it right and I think like, you know, after, after you turn 21, it just becomes a normal part of your dinner parties or just like having a beer, watching a game or just chilling out on the couch. Like it loses that sort of excitement. Um, and I think, um, yeah, you know, like doing this during COVID with your friends, doing it safe, even still, it, there was a bit of a danger and excitement, which is great. And uh, I'll cherish that.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, that's why you just do smack now.
2: Yeah, this is. Yeah, I mean, I'm burning through spoons, man. Uh, so yeah. they keep just melting with how much I'm doing it. Um, so, and, and speaking of smack, um, I think today's <laughs> theme of the show, and by the way, uh, for those who listened last week, um, you will heard the first half of our interview with Zach from Portugal the Man. Today, you're going to hear the second half of that interview. And Aaron made an Excellent judgment call before the show started. Today's theme is going to be music. So, Aaron, <laughs> yeah. brilliant, brilliant talk. Um, and I think uh, should I kick off the first topic?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's Great. do it. Great. And oh wait, song- can I tell you one other thing? One other thing about the uh, that is music, very music related. To just yeah. give it a perfect segue, is last night I went uh, and met up with a friend. Which was really cool, it, like this out this restaurant thing, and um, in Beverly Hills, it was, it was a little like swank, swanky And uh, the next to, in our the the table next to us had uh, the had O'Shea Jackson, who's Ice Cube's son, yeah, at it. Which was uh, who I loved him in a movie called Long Shot. If you haven't seen it, it's with mm-hmm. Charlie Theron, Seth Rogen and him. And he's obviously the star of Straight out of Compton, but what was uh, what was cool, I thought, is that I think that's the first like, oh, that's like a dude, I know like I like in in some movies lately, and he's at the table next to us, which is usually an LA thing that's just part of LA. Mm-hmm. And that was the first of that, and he's you know, the son of one of the better hip hop artists of all time. So that I think can segue directly into our uh, today was a good day, right?
2: Yes, yes, I like Ice Cube that.
1: reference So uh, today will be a good day So why don't we go with topic one
2: Yes, and topic one We, we also have a bonus music track To talk about Besides that today was a good day Because I think for many people It's going to be a bad day That are subject of this topic And the song that I'm going to choose Is by Duffy uh, and The lyrics um, The song is called I'm Scared The lyric says I'm scared to face another day Because the fear in me just won't go away An instant you were gone And I'm scared Well Aaron <laughs> This topic is about the cast of SNL. Um, and we know that Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus will be guest hosting and performing uh, this week on Saturday Night Live. And, and by the Warren, time you
1: listen to this, they will have performed. Exactly.
2: And Lauren Michaels has announced after a few of the cast members raised their, their, their actual fears of being on, in the same building as Elon Musk, that they do not have to perform in the skits that he's in, and that they're setting up a safe space room for cast members that are too afraid to be in the building as Elon Musk for them to go to be safe during the recording.
1: What? Wait, so can I just ask you why they feel unsafe?
2: Because Elon Musk is like, I guess he's like, I don't know, because he's a he's a shit poster, he's a billionaire, and for some reason... He's just someone else that's considered a Nazi for God knows what reason. Um, so huh. with no reason, actually. So I guess because he, uh, I guess comedians today are too scared. They're, they're able to provide jokes, really funny jokes, and kind of make jokes to other people. But as soon as um, they're put in an uncomfortable situation for themselves, I guess it's okay now to be too scared to perform with somebody. So I think this is absolutely insane. Um, and you know, even Miley Cyrus has her fans tweeting at her that Miley Cyrus should pull out of the show because Elon Musk is, uh, is the guest host. Um, and huh. the, the tweets about that are, are just wild. Um, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't even know what to, what to say. I you know I, we talked last week how journalism's dead and politics are dead. Is comedy dead? Um, what Ooh. is happening?
1: So I, I'm a little confused why they would be scared to be in the same room as him because, uh, like, they've – Saturday Night Live has had a lot of wacky guests in the past. Yeah. And uh, so if, they th- if they're if they worried because he's wacky – I mean, he is a bit wacky. So, like, if they're scared about that, like, what what's the – do they think he's going to bite them? Do they – like, what – what like what does Elon Musk bite? I mean, he's he's a smart dude who's invented a lot of stuff and he's also a little wacky. Like what and or do they think he's more dangerous than like half of the actors and celebrities that they've had on who are like on who knows what? And I mean, just like I'm trying to think of some guests. Can I just look up um SNL guests? SNL crazy guests, I guess I'll look up. I'm just curious what, why he, I mean, they've had Trump on a bunch. Like he's to some people pretty insane. Um, I just, I don't get it. Like what's the, I think Christopher Walken's guessed it a lot. He's pretty nutty. I don't get it.
2: It's, I just don't get it,
1: but I want to give you hope. And I, I have that. Do you want hope?
2: I would love hope.
1: So the hope is SNL, when it started, I actually read a thousand page book on SNL uh, a while Ooh. ago, the history of SNL. So I, I, I think I know more about SNL than I know about anything else in, ever in my life because I read a thousand page book. It's the only thousand page book I've ever read. SNL started with, I believe, it was, uh, you know, the, what were they called? The the, uh, the not ready for primetime players. And there were eight, I think, original cast members, if I'm not mistaken, eight or nine. And uh, they were all nuts. They were all on every drug in the book. Uh, and they were th- that it was just a pretty rogue show. Like, let's see what this is. And it became a phenomenon. Now there's something like 20 cast members. So, let's say if five of them are scared to be with Elon Musk, they're not needed because they have so many cast members. So, it's just not necessary. And they can make their stand because everyone's allowed to choose what to do or not to do. It's also pretty dumb because this will probably be the most watched episode of SNL of the season because you have yep. Elon Musk and Miley Cyrus. You have two. You have a like a renegade kind of guy in Elon Musk and a renegade kind of singer and performer in Miley Cyrus. So it's their loss and then the other 15 will have that much bigger a role in, in the episode like they're losing by not being by being scared of Elon Musk and if they don't find comedy and him being the host that's on them because there's a lot of other people on that cast who will happily find comedy and being in episode in uh, skits with him that's yeah. I, I do you find hope there
2: I think I think a little bit and I think maybe here's another bit of hope maybe this whole safe space thing is actually like an early teaser skit maybe this is SNL just going really deep and on a joke oh uh, yeah um, that's my only oh. hope I don't know I don't know how true that is that, that but and my other hope is maybe that this is getting blown out of proportion in some way Um but yeah, the, 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 the calls from my people to Miley Cyrus to boycott from her fans, they're real um, and all that. But whatever it is, That's- man, I, I think this will be entertaining. And here's actually another positive. And this um, may actually uh, sort of transition us to our next topic, Crypto Watch. But Elon is going to be talking about Doge on and Dogecoin on SNL this Saturday. So why don't we go right into Crypto Watch? Because I think that is probably some hope.
1: And uh, with Crypto Watch, we need a song that goes with uh, Crypto Watch. And I think the song that I can think of off the top of my head that is just the obvious one is Pink Floyd's Money. Because it's just, if you don't know it, look it up. I I won't even bother playing it. Okay, I can play it. I think everybody knows the song. I think everyone knows it. Yeah. So it's money. And so the first piece of crypto watch that I just want to tell you is I am terrified of crypto now because I've been studying this stuff and interested in it for now about probably close to five years. And, uh, it feels like it's really becoming real, real. My friend last night is a finance guy. They're like doing a whole new thing where it's like, it's becoming part of people's portfolios who are really rich in new ways. Where it's really becoming part of our culture, and that just makes me nervous because it things that become, uh, that just become integrated into our culture can sometimes that can be a great thing, and sometimes it can be a disaster for the for the new for the new trend. Even though this isn't a new trend, but now it's something that everyone knows about. So, do you think that I should be scared?
2: Well, I saw I saw a tweet recently where some guy's like, "Yeah, so um, you know, I made all my money in crypto. I did this and that, and he's like, "What's the secret to my success?" He's like, "I'm a complete idiot." um and for <laughs> me, that's how I feel about myself. It's like I don't think anybody really knows what's happening with crypto. it's so unpredictable. It's a whole new world and adventure, and I think like I don't know if there is actually any true, true experts because there's so many experts that say, oh, watch this coin. It'll take off. Do that. Sell this. And like they're wrong over and over and over. It is it, it, it's it's gambling and I love it.
1: Yeah. So people with crypto, I mean, there's a there's a fear and, and I like that idiots are the ones getting rich. That's great. I just. I, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, and then we'll see next week if we're right with our predictions. What do you think is going to happen? Is he going to talk about crypto? Is he going to talk about Dogecoin on the show? Is that oh, going to make the price go up?
2: I, I think I used me an article earlier in the week, and I fully believe it. I didn't buy more Doge because I'm just like I, I'm just uh, I'm just trying to save uh, money in traditional ways right now. But yeah, I think the right now Doge has gone up. When we were, I think, on a call last week, I think on, our, on our, our, our show last week, I don't remember what Doge was at, but I think it was up to the 30s or 40s maybe. Um, and it is and it is now in the 60 cents range. Um, and it is just wow. driving further and further and higher and higher. Um, who knows? It might hit a dollar this weekend. Maybe not. My prediction is a hill 80 cents based off of what Elon Musk says. Which, And if it hits 80 cents, Aaron, we bought in at about, I think most of our shares, we bought in varied, but like most of mine came in at three cents. So that's already, that's already like 23 times return. Um,
1: So then can I ask you, are you going to uh, sell some of it when that happens?
2: Nope. I am holding this for a few years.
1: Wow. So you're going long, long long-term with Doge. I'm going
2: long, man. If Doge hits $32, I become a millionaire.
1: Not that you've done the math. (laughs) 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 uh well well let's see what happens um with uh saturday and saturday night live and the price and what happens today even i'm guessing it's like fluctuating as we speak
2: yeah Um, and for listeners that also that bought safe moon based on our non-recommendation we did not recommend um did not hey we're back in the black now um we're back so it's it's
1: oh yeah yeah that was huge too yeah the safe moon anyone who bought on our recommendation you are you are up a little bit so you're welcome we again we don't recommend you do anything we say but when we're right about it we're gonna take credit for it so you're welcome
2: yes and we're gonna be thrilled about
1: it so speaking of thrilled and uh a music reference here do you have one for uh for uh your boy
2: yeah, I'd say I'd say this music reference is I think uh what's the hold on uh the name of the song is it's by Travis um good band. And yes, the band is called Travis and the song is Mean to Me. What happened was Baltimore Orioles history, this past, like the first no hitter thrown by our starting pitcher, John Means, that was the first no hitter the Orioles franchise has thrown since 1969, since Jim Palmer did it. What on top of that, I missed it happening despite the text from Aaron, Mike, and Brad. My friends that were just texting me, turn on the game, turn on the game, turn on the game, because I was already having a very bad day and I was building some Legos to cool off building my new, you know, my new millennium fall game. And I was just like not looking at my phone. And I was just like, okay, just like in a place of meditation and just doing something constructive with my hands. I turn around my phone. Once it's done, I'm like, oh, okay. My friends were trying to get me to watch a rare piece of Orioles history. My bad team doing (laughs) something great. And I missed that. So they're not even
1: that bad. Your team isn't even that bad. No,
2: I mean, they, I predicted 23 wins this season. They're easily going to eclipse that before the all-star break. Um,
1: <laughs> they're almost so, 500 they're one game yeah, under 500 I so, know it
2: makes no sense
1: so how do you feel like I'm, I'm sure you watch the highlights yeah and how, how do you feel that your team I don't know when their last no hitter would have been but Nin-
2: 1969
1: 1969 wow so did you who did it Jim Palmer oh did you just say that yes sir so I was paying <laughs> So sometimes, just so you know, in when we're doing this podcast, we are not paying attention to one another because I was looking up what the Orioles record was as Rohit was saying that. So I was definitely not paying attention to his facts. So the reason I wasn't doing it is so that then people who also weren't paying attention could hear him twice.
2: Exactly. And it works. It works for everybody. So I think the big the big takeaway Um, I think that I feel hopeless about is even when something great happens, I just found a way to miss it. Um, Help me feel better (laughs) about that.
1: And I just missed your facts. It's perfect.
2: (laughs) So how do we find hope out of that?
1: Uh, I find hope that when you did find out about it in your sad day, I know you felt happy. That gave you happiness. And it's a metaphor for life to get really deep about John Means No Hitter that no matter how dark the times can be, there's always something that you can look toward to find some sort of light, no matter how dark it is. And that even goes as far as if you're an Orioles fan. Yeah. So, so I believe that is a truth in life, no matter what is going on.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of light usually these days being a Baltimore Orioles fan. But um, I mean, let, let's But let's I appreciate that, Aaron. And let's talk about your team.
1: Yeah, so my hopeless is simple, and I don't even really need an answer to it. I just want to say this because it'll just make me feel better. The Dodgers suck. (laughs) That's it. I actually feel hope just saying that because it's frustrating. I spend a lot of time watching these games, and they suck. They're bad. They're in, like, second to last place. The Giants are better. The Giants are in first place. The only hope I'm giving myself hope here is my uncle who passed was a big – big Giants fan. So I kind of feel like he might be doing this to me. And uh, so that's fine. If he wants to rub it in uh, somehow, wherever he is. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you're in a that.
2: very tough division with both the Padres and the Giants uh, up ahead and giant. I think the Dodgers are still a very good team. I mean, I think they have one of the deepest pitching staffs in the league. I mean, sadly, you know, price and Gonsolin are both, you know, a bit injured right now. Um, and we just I do- lost May. Yeah, you lost May, so um that fifth spot will get probably filled by Gonsolin when he's back, I'm guessing. But yeah. I think, you know, maybe you're just a couple weeks away from just being back to, you know, healthy and then just defending your title, but I mean, your team is
1: stacked. So We're we're stacked with a our D, our disabled list is stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's no. speaking of stacked, uh let's go into uh part two with Zach Carruthers of Portugal, the man Grammy winning Portugal, the man Grammy winning Zach. And, uh, we left with a cliffhanger about trust and in the industry and in his life. And I want to, uh, let you hear where, uh, where that cliffhanger is going and hear the rest of the interview because, uh, it's really a pleasure to talk to Zach on this, uh, on this show. Cause I want to get into, uh, the, the charity stuff a little more cause I'm, Fascinated by it, where it's come since we, I guess I saw you before COVID, and it was just like a, right before, and it was just a, was we were talking about what we were doing, what you were doing. It was a glimmer. It was like you were kind of like, wait, Aaron, what, do I, how do I do this? <laughs> what, what, how, what, what, what's going to be happening here? But I'm just curious from a from a music perspective, and like for you know, for me, for example, feel it still is a great song. In your body of work, it's like to me it you know as a fan it's there there's you've got you have so many good great songs and you know that just happens to be the one that clicked and so going forward i know there's uh recordings going on for uh for the next uh, album do you have a goal or a, an idea of what this sound could be like or is it just finding what you guys want like
0: no yeah we've been um we've been definitely we've been working on it for a couple years now and covid's thrown a bit in the wrench. Not that we like, yeah, we could obviously still be writing and we have been this whole time, but it's just, it's not the right time to put out music for us right now. We've had, uh, John's had a bunch of uh, like really bad jaw issues and he's just trying to heal and get some, uh, get some surgeries done to, um, you know, to, to fix his shit. And I'm, I'm like, dude, do it now while we have the time. And uh we're also just the world's just changing so fast it's hard to decide what we really want to say you know one week you have murder hornets and then you've got crazy presidential (laughs) elections then worldwide protest and then you're just like you're like oh damn like what like by the time that we like say something print the vinyl will be four months later and the world's just going to be completely different in four months and it's it's tough to figure out what to say in those in those times but yeah, but we're working on new music. We're excited about that. Been working on the foundation a bunch and um and and it's been really cool. We've had a lot of really good things going with the foundation. They're they're a little bit slow right now just cuz we're like kind of getting several projects um uh off the ground. We're in like the the baby stages of of our our upcoming projects and so we're still kind of uh sorting those things out, but we've We've got to do a lot of things. We've got to make just like some super strong connections, and uh, we've just been networking with with like-minded people from around. And we've been kind of using our platform and our network to just kind of uh, connect people. A lot of a lot of the things that we do, and the most rewarding, aren't necessarily when we really do anything. We just like. We see some we see we see some things we see like an issue and then we see, um, you know, people in the local community that are just uh, that are inspired and um, ready to work hard for for this. And then we've kind of met some people over on the other side of the country. It's like, oh, there's a similar thing going on there. And there's this, these really smart people that created this organization. So you might be able to like use their, that infrastructure and see if it works over here. So we'll just connect you guys and we like connect people. They talk and like share some knowledge and resources and like things balance out. And we're just like, that's rad. That's like, literally we're helping people help themselves. Like, it's totally not even like a charity thing. It's more just like partnerships it's uh it's it's just sharing resources and names and phone numbers and talking about different ways to elevate indigenous voices and um and yeah just sharing stories and it's been super cool it's been really uh, really, really rad
1: and uh to to your horn a bit with what you've been doing you know and you said before covid you know you weren't doing it as much and stuff i mean you guys have been always i think so like and more and more socially active the indigenous uh movement to to give indigenous voices a voice and rights and such like at your shows in uh right before covid you were yeah. having uh, that that's how you open the show
0: yeah so, every show yeah we do that all over the world and uh yeah we do a, a land acknowledgement where we invite people uh for those who aren't familiar yeah we uh wherever we play a show um we invite uh, original stewards of the land there, um, or that have been displaced there, representatives from the tribes of the area, um, and we just asked permission to play a show on their land. We just passed the mic, and I usually introduce them, uh, talk about why we like to do this, and acknowledging the problem is the first step, and it's it's really cool. It's a, it's a very collective thing for us and the crowd to both learn about the land that we're on and the people of it. And it's a really cool way to start the show. It's always different. Sometimes it's, um, it's speeches, poetry, drums, singing, dancing, prayers. Um, but yeah, it's just whatever they want to do. And it's, it's very, it's very cool. And we get to talk to them for a few hours before the show. Uh, we made a lot of friends and it's like, it's really, it's really, really something to just, uh, learn about that history especially from a different perspective than just like you know the white settler mentality all the history books that that we read it's like there's a whole another side of the story there's many sides of it and uh but just sadly there's uh not as many uh not as many of theirs in print and so no um, it's it's really interesting to uh, learn and then just the deeper you go the it just gets deeper and deeper and it's um it's really fascinating stuff and it's yeah it's not all and one thing I do want to like that we always try to do is just to take a lot of the um you know, there's I mean LA and going to fundraising stuff, there's like there's a lot of pompous shit in there and there's a lot of pretension <laughs> and stuff. And I really just want to take a lot of that out of there and and uh yeah, any dipshit can do a little bit of good. And you don't have to be a good person. I'm like yin and yang, man. I'm I'm half good, I'm half evil, I'm I'm human <laughs> and uh I do a lot of bad shit too. And but it's not all about like doing good. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just being real and, and elevating the stories and it doesn't always have to be the bad things or the stuff that people need help with. There's a lot of beautiful stories in there and a lot of knowledge that we can use for ourselves and going into the future with the way that the climate's, uh, being affected, you know, we really want to empower the indigenous youth to like use some traditional knowledge about the land and like have them be consultants for companies with green agendas and like we gotta got listen listen to the earth a little bit more.
2: Well,
1: that's the the whole idea of the land and also spreading positive stories with the uh, the negative. You know, a lot of people focus on the negative; they focus on just negative. So, what do people feel good about, though? Like, do you want to just hear negative, or do you also want to hear what's happening that's positive, or someone who did something good, or someone who made a difference in a positive way? And with uh, with what you're talking about and raising the voices so that they can help, so they can do what they're already doing, but in a bigger way. That's something we don't see enough. And and then the and then I also like that you're you've expanded some of your charity to it's. By the way, it's the Portugal the Man Foundation. For I don't think we've actually said the name, um, PTM Foundation. So what? But you've also expanded it to disability inclusion, to mental health inclusion, and uh, and awareness. And so, uh, and uh, you have something someone awesome in your band, Eric, who is in a wheelchair and is at the front of the stage, which is always great um, because it's like we're with our uh, we're doing this uh, I am able campaign next month. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's what we'll have to. We'll talk more um, after. Yeah, because it's all about being people who have learning disabilities, people who have mental disabilities, people who are on the spectrum, people who have physical disabilities, and how they are, They can do things, We. It's, I am able is the whole thing, it's like put the square up on, on Instagram that says I am able because everyone is able to do great things and Eric being at the front of your band is just a, a really cool, I think, thing because look, he's a badass musician. So um, I was just wondering how that expanded with the foundation, how did you decide to expand some of your uh, initiatives?
0: we've got a platform and we've got uh, we've got some resources. And so we're gonna use that to help friends. We're gonna use that to um, try to call attention to just anything that we think is not right. And so, um, <clears throat> and what, like, like most things, a lot of people, you don't know what you don't know. And even just like once you get um, close to people that just are different than you, you have, and and everybody's different, we're all different from our neighbors and our brothers and everything. It's like, once you see specific problems, just the more people you know, you're just like, oh, like there are some things that are kind of working against you that don't have to be. And we <laughs> you know from Eric, you know, I've always been, um, or I always thought that I was very sensitive to, you know, ramps and access and things like that. And, but kind of touring with him all over the world and, you know just uh and i'm pretty much like kind of his go-to guy when it comes to, like helping with things on tours like upstairs over curves down wherever um hmm. definitely notice the details and there's things that i get that are you know it's it's complicated like everything there's i know that we play some like super historic venues that are you know 150 years old i'm like yeah they got some stairs it's from a different time you don't necessarily want to like tear down old buildings but then when there's like a festival and you're like all right people are like building this from the ground up in a field and you're just like <laughs> put in some fucking ramps. like don't make like <laughs> yeah. when you're consciously making a decision for new stuff it's just like think about everything and and there's just like there's there's a really there's just a, a an inclusive way to go about things and to just think about all the variables think about other people and just make things uh, a good time for all. And so I've learned a ton from Eric and he's just a super smart dude and a shredding guitarist. John and I grew up with him. He's from Wasilla as well. And I'm pretty sure the first electric guitar I ever played in my life was Eric Cox, but I'm not- Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And um, he's a shredder. He's actually left-handed and, but he just, his parents like had right-handed guitars playing around. So I'll never forget, we were at a party somewhere and he, somebody had a left-handed guitar. He's like, oh, shit, a He picked it up and just started shredding left-hand. And I was like, fuck off. Like, he's better than me both ways. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he is, and he's... Uh, a, and he's a good dude. Oh, he's a, he's a great dude. And yeah, he was actually like, we were trying to get him to join the band forever because he did kind of the same thing we did, but he just went to Seattle right out of high school. And he joined a band up there and started doing well. We had a band before Portugal. We were just kind of both doing the like similar things and uh and we were like right before he got hurt right before his accident he was about to join the band like that like as soon as we got back from the next tour and then he had his accident and honestly like seeing him and his just uh just just where his mind was and like the things he was thinking about and how positive he was after being and um you know losing you know ability to function with half your body and just like, one, seeing all the love and support that he got, because he's just a great dude. I, I walked in to his room, and it was probably about two weeks after it happened. We were on tour, and then as soon as we got back, we went up and saw him. It's like, his room's just covered, like, cards and shit, just, like, stacked to the ceiling. Oh, wow. Like, it was nuts. And there was just, like, parties in his room. They had to, like... Get ex- All his friends would just like come in there and like sneak bottles of booze and beers and stuff and just like hang out in his hospital room and shit. And like <laughs> it was just so much love. And he was just uh he was just like, oh, it's, it's like, I don't know, play guitar more, you know, like where it just like his his positive attitude was just like it it changed me. And then years later we'd always try, but we always worried too, where it's like, oh like how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do this with the bus? How are like the vans, like the situations? And finally, and that kept us from hiring him forever. And we were talking to him the whole time just about how to do it right. Then finally, we're just like, fuck it. Let's just try it and see what happens. And generally, we run into problems, but we just solve those problems. And some days are completely fine and easy. Some days are really, really hard, but just do the damn thing.
1: And that's it too. That's like the whole idea of, change coming so that people with disabilities, with different things that are being marginalized still in our society in a big way, is how do we lift everyone up? And you know, you with Eric obviously have been the, helping him and uh, making sure that it can work for him. A lot of people don't have that friend, don't have that, he also has his uh, his girl, I know who's uh, awesome, uh, she's, she's awesome too. So like, so like, they've got, you know, there's, and a lot of people don't have that support. And when you don't have that support, whether it's the indigenous peoples, whether it's people with disabilities, whatever that marginalized group might be, that's where lifting up their voices, lifting up their spirits is, is so huge. And, uh, and
0: and it's always a partnership. It's never one side. That's why like, like charities and stuff are like kind of weird. Like, dude, we get just as much as we give Eric, like, Dude, he takes like, yeah, I help him up and down some stairs, dude. You know how much fucking weight that dude takes off of me because he's just another guy (laughs) in the band that can actually talk and to to people and like all the interviews and shit. Like, dude, the dude, I mean, musically, obviously, but like just with the networking and interviews and just like shit that we have to do, and right, like he takes so much weight off of my shoulders too. It's like I'm I'm like, all right, dude, they helped you. Like, I lift you up some shit, you lift me up some shit, and it's like it's uh it works out
1: that's uh i never thought of it like that that's awesome so it's just an extra help
0: it's super cool it's always it's always partnership and like you just don't you don't kind of go in looking for that like i'm going to give something so i can get out of something just do what you feel is right but like shit comes around to you and like you know you get something too and uh and it's not just like the feel good or the feel good, do good kind of thing. It's just like, uh, no. it's just like, yeah, you get real, you get real knowledge, you get real friends, you get real, real shit out of this and man, just leave the world a little better than you left it, you know, or leave the world a little and better, I, than you, like got into it.
1: And I hope that's a thing that uh, people can take away from our conversation. And just in general is that this whole year of a lot of people saying the worst year of their lives, and I'm not going to discount that, but there's also things that we all can get out of it, can't have self-realization, can't have that inward moment, can't have that, that, what is, our, what you've been saying real well, what is, what is our truth uh, within this, uh, within this world and what can we do? And everyone can, you don't have to, you don't have to be a Grammy winner to do, uh, to
0: to make a difference. Yeah. Um, the littlest things. Yeah. And every, but like, and, I'm, all, I'm all about that. Like, you know, that the the littlest things truly matter. And instead of just like, you know, super rich, famous people donating millions and millions of dollars like, dude, if, if a million people just like recycle their beer cans or fucking <laughs> do some like small act of kindness, like, but it's all just, it's finding the things in yourself, fixing those things in your house, in your family, in your workplace, in your community, we're always like with all these elections we're like expecting people to fix it from the top down and like, we got to fix it from the bottom up those fuckers work yep. for us and like you got to change shit in yourself your family your community your workplace and make sure things are good there and then let's start bumping up to a city level state country world while they also we try to put people in power that'll put regulations and make it easier for us to be you know decent people but that means a lot of people got to agree there's, once and the nobody's get together it's it gets rough
1: and and nobody is perfect that's the like you said like we all do bad we all do good but what can we do now
0: yeah totally yeah for sure
1: and I guess there's one more thing I just have to know because it's uh I saw it during uh during covid and it, it was uh a cool thing that you guys did and I, I wonder how it came about weird al Yankovic like that, I mean, Weird Al Yankovic is a uh, hero of mine. It was my first live concert. Oh, rad! Uh, well, I went with my mom to see Peter, Paul, and Mary, which ah, that's was pretty cool too. Which was yeah, that was a good mom moment. And then, uh, but then by myself, like seeing, I saw Weird Al Yankovic. I'm just curious because you guys put out a great song with him, and collaborated with him. How did that come about? And can we expect more? Because I would love more.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we love we love Al. Um, we, yeah, he's been just a massive influence on us for as long as I can remember anything like he's he's been there. And um, but we we've done a couple things with him. But this this was funny because it wasn't funny because it was a it was a serious song and we were writing the song with yeah. Paul Williams, who's the, you know, the best songwriter alive. Um, we're in there with Jeff, Wait, Paul
1: Williams, like, like, yeah. Paul, like.
0: Yeah, Rainbow Connection. Yeah.
1: Like Rainbow Connection, Paul yeah. Williams. Really?
0: Yeah. He's the best dude ever. And he's so funny because we just met him, I think it was at a Grammy party or something. We were just like, we were in one of those networking things where we had to go do some event and we saw paul williams there was like holy shit it's fucking paul williams and he's like real active on online so kyle went and took a picture with him our keyboard player and then like tagged him and paul commented we started talking and he was like hey do you guys want to make some music together sometime i was like yeah and he came to us he didn't even ask us to fly to la to go to the studio he's like i like portland i haven't been there in a long time so me and John literally picked him up from the airport in our shitty van that we had been touring around like for 12 years in. And we got in the <laughs> car, and we instantly started writing lyrics and he was just telling stories. He's the most magical, unbelievable, inspiring human ever. So we wrote all these lyrics with Paul Williams. And uh, our producer was singing some parts and because uh, John was kind of sick that day and just doesn't like to sing a lot. Um, but uh and our producer has like a really amazing voice jeff baskers has an amazing voice so we were writing lyrics and then jeff was singing them and he just kind of did this thing he's had kind of a like a lisp or kind of the sound but we just he was singing it and we kept on just like hearing somebody's voice then we finally realized like dude i just keep hearing weird al's voice on this and it just didn't go away and we we sang it ourselves and we like, we kind of did the whole thing. We're just like, God, I just really want, you know what, let's just ask. And so we just asked him if he wanted to sing on a track and he said, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why and it was funny <laughs> in, in an interview, uh, I saw asking about the song and there was like, he was like, why did you do this? You know, it's like like the serious song. It's not funny. And like, what made, like, how did you do this? He was like, well, I just approached it like I did any other song. It's just the lyrics aren't funny, and that was his only explanation for it. And uh, I don't get it. We just really like the guy. He's a really good dude. Obviously, super funny and just a hell of a musician. Dude's an animal. And yeah, it was a it was a fun thing. We released it on Indigenous Peoples Day, and um, and we used it to uh to kind of jumpstart uh, several different um, uh like like good things to a lot of the proceeds and we did a lot of merch to help like the dig deep navajo foundation warm springs uh warm springs tribe for water and um yeah we got to do a bunch of really fun stuff with it it was a blast we filmed the video in our backyard and it was like it was awesome with all our friends
1: and Paul Williams, I, I didn't know the, the Paul Williams part. That's crazy because. uh We right.
0: we we've, we've, we've written a couple things with him now. Uh, I'll I'll send you some stuff soon. It's he is so much fun to write lyrics with. The stories that dude has, just about because he was a party animal back in like you know the the sixties through the nineties. Like he's been sober for like thirty years, but like that dude was an animal. And the stories this guy has are fucking unbelievable
1: i could just picture him and kermit the frog just like doing beer bongs
0: totally it's it's nuts like he's got man it's so much fun and yeah rainbow Connection's like one of the best songs in the world give me a break all the carpenter stuff all the he's a hugely inspiring guy
1: that's uh the one the one uh paul williams thing i experienced um Well, a family friend was good friends with him, so got to hear a few stories, but not what you got to hear. And uh, but they did a the Muppets did this thing at the Hollywood Bowl, and if you haven't seen the video, uh, check that out. You, it's on YouTube. So they did a whole Muppets like hour and a half Hollywood Bowl thing that was like being at a Muppet show, and at the end they said they were gonna do Rainbow Connection, and then who comes out, but Paul Williams to sing it with
0: all the Muppets.
2: Oh, I had no. like,
0: I was like, i bawling. I mean, oh, no, me did, yeah. I, I, I got was... goosebumps right now just hearing you talk about <laughs> it. Like, I'm definitely going to look that up.
1: Oh, it's the whole thing, the whole, like from Monomena to uh, Paul Williams, like they do all of the classic stuff. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably maybe two years ago, something like that. So that was, I just, I got goosebumps. So then hearing you say Paul Williams again, I'm like,
0: shit that's such a cool yeah so rad that dude's just been so integrated into my life and childhood and then yeah knowing him and then like looking up kind of what he's done it's it's funny how some of the people that that we know now I'm just like oh god you've been in my life the whole time I just I didn't really know it and uh yeah looking back through his credits I'm like oh shit you wrote that song oh you wrote that like it's like oh man you've been like we've been friends all along we just had never met you know
1: yeah, and then you got to find out the stories of his some of his fun uh, partying ways, and you're like, "Oh, okay, maybe that was in my blood too." Totally, yeah, yeah, it all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. So, I I just want to uh, do the uh, a plug for what your next initiative is and what what you want people to know going forward, or where they can go to be a part of uh, of the foundation. I mean, I know the yeah. website, but just yeah, uh, totally.
0: coming from you. Um, yeah, check out uh, ptmfoundation.org, um, and we are actually we're our our next big project actually just kind of switched, uh, so I can't totally say specifically what it is, but we just had kind of a wrench thrown, but we got a bunch of really cool stuff coming up, and uh, what's fun about um, our foundation too is we. We have so many uh specific things so we got like a merch store where you can if there's a specific cause that that you're really into you can look through and like oh this shirt goes to this or you can donate to this specific cause so you can get real specific or just in general if you want to donate and just kind of like we do as a whole you just get it in there we distribute it evenly between all the things we're working with but i think we've got like 75 active uh partnerships going right now Mm -hmm. and so. We're busy little bees, but we're definitely working on some fun stuff. Uh, we we have been working with the uh, uh, one that's going to be coming up soon, and we have been working with and doing more with is the uh, the skate park project, Tony Hawk's Foundation. Oh, cool! That uh, um, building skate parks on reservations, and uh, uh, we we are really into that. I built the skate park in my hometown. Um, mm. that, battled against that when Sarah Palin was our mayor and I argued with her for three and a half years to get a skate park when I was a kid. So it's a, uh, it hits very close to home to me. And like skateboarding is just one of those, um, one of those things is just like set goals for yourself. You can do it with people. You can do it by yourself. It's like a really good, just, um, I, I think it's really good for the human brain. I, I really like any, uh, any young person I was like, just skateboard for a while you'll get it. You first land a kickflip. I'm like, all right, you just like something happens in you that um, is very rare in life.
1: For me, it was an Ollie, just an Ollie. And I was like, doom.
0: Yeah. I just, I watch, I watch like YouTube videos and like of people like landing an Ollie for their first time or landing a kickflip for the first time. Just like their happiness is just like, I'm like, God damn it. That's like just that pinprick. Everybody's got that thing. And I just like, share an experience. I'm like, I want everybody to feel that.
1: And you're saying Sarah Palin didn't get it. I'm shocked.
0: I know. Right. <laughs> she ended up making good, but like, boy, I went through some ups and downs. She doesn't like me very much.
1: Um, Well, I could say the same about her. Yeah, so know, it's, right? it's, it's, a, it's a mutual, it's a mutual, it's a mutual dislike. Yeah. But this is, this has been great having you Zach and uh, hearing, you know, some, I, some things I think people wouldn't know about, uh, about the uh, the life of Portugal the Man and, and what your journey has been, but in in a different way because yeah. it's e- it's easy to talk about um, some of the successes and some of the some of the music, but but some, some of the stuff, stuff you've said about just you know from digging deep to giving back to uh, all our pratfalls and ups and downs in life is uh, yeah. I I think resonates with me and uh, I think can resonate with lots of people. So again, and now you've heard it. Their uh, new album will be coming out sometime soon-ish, we think, and they're going to be touring again soon. So everyone, if you know Portugal the Man, keep listening. If you don't, uh, listen now, and also go check out their foundation because the work they're doing outside of the music industry with the uh, status they have and in, uh, in what they've done with their career is, uh, is so, so admirable, and I can't say enough about how great these dudes are. They're uh, really cool, and I'm glad I know them. It's really, really uh, neat to know truly good people. So uh, with that, it's time to uh, for two truly good people to have a debate.
2: Yes, sir. And this is um, last week. I thought it was a great debate because we finally took different sides, and it was fun. And Aaron, I, we may be taking different sides again. Um, Ooh. Yeah, and... This one is about the upcoming June 6th boxing match between Floyd Mayweather, Hall of Famer boxer Floyd Mayweather, and YouTube star Logan Paul. Now, this debate is, who do we want to win? Because this is two hard choices. Because they are both fairly despicable people. (laughs) And um, yeah, so so who do you got your money on and who do you want to actually win?
1: Well, I'm sure the odds for this are going to be Mayweather like minus 50,000 because he's (laughs) arguably the best pound for pound boxer ever versus whatever Logan Paul is, some guy who exists in the world and people, some people like him, not me. I can't stand these guys. The little bits I've heard them talk, I cannot stand these guys. I don't know which is which, Jake and Logan Paul. They're just, I, they're brothers, I guess, and they suck.
2: So yeah. who
1: who do I want to win big time in like five seconds? I want Floyd Mayweather as, and he's not a great guy either, but I want him. These kind of people, Floyd Mayweather. Here's the thing: Floyd Mayweather has a talent and has worked at that talent his whole life and is the best at it. He is a boxer. He's been a boxer, and he's the best boxer on the planet, in the ever. I mean, arguably ever. Um, some people could argue, depend on heavyweight, lightweight, and stuff. But he's never lost. He's fifty and 0. So I commend people who work hard to do what they do. These Paul brothers, Logan Paul, just Logan Paul, has done nothing well. He's not good at any. He's just a guy who. Got somehow some popularity. I don't even want to call it fame. Just he's just a person, human, and and so there's nothing commendable about this guy. And I hope. Floyd, and uh, the other day, uh, Logan Paul like grabbed Floyd Mayweather's hat off of him to just pick a more of a fight with him, and Floyd Mayweather got really pissed because he must have really liked that hat. And so I hope Floyd Mayweather knocks Logan Paul to the floor. And I hope Logan Paul is out for a while and like just learns his lesson. So I hope Floyd Mayweather destroys him, like annihilates him.
2: I mean, and and I'm like kind of like, I'm like torn because one um, Floyd Mayweather, you know, is, you know, he's been charged with domestic violence. So he's a woman beater. Um, And on the other hand, the Paul brothers are out of control I mean Logan Paul himself, there was a big controversy where he went to this to the suicide force in Japan and was just taking pictures and kinda of sharing them and like of people like literally people that were hung themselves dead bodies Oh, it was that terrible. committed suicide horrible and his brother sucks too his brother i mean these kids these guys have lots of money made from their youtube channels but during uh there was you know when the looting was happening um during some of during some of the the the, the riots and demonstrations this past year dude his brother logan or sorry his brother jake was literally like looting the nike store like Dude, what like you like? How are you profiting off of other people's pain? And you're just coming in here to get more views on your YouTube, showing how you're looting for fun and for YouTube views? It was just all it sat really, really, really weird. Um, so I really don't like any of them. I, I think I, unfortunately, I'm, an, I'm with you. You I are. Think I want wow. Floyd that was, Mayweather that to was beat intense. the crap out of him because I think this sounds antiquated. But I feel people should know their place in some way. And, and I think the Logan Paul is not a real boxer. Sure, he probably is pretty jacked and he got his ass kicked by that guy KSI. Um, oh, yeah. But I think he talks shit and he thinks he can take this on. And he's trying to do this as a stunt and trying to get some views. And I think if he wins, this just further validates that influencer industry which i hate so much so yes, yes i too would love to see floyd mayweather jack him the fuck up like first punch of the match and just knock him down one shot um, that would be Boom. amazing to me yeah
1: and then and then after th- and then after that after uh He knocks him out. I want him to stand over him, like in wrestling and stuff. I want him to stand over him and just start mocking him and talking shit and being like, "You missed that, loser." Maybe, maybe even huck a loogie at his face. I want to see like, I want to see just pure annihilation.
2: See, I, I don't know about the loogie thing, but I'd like for him to stand over him and just teabag him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right deal I like yeah, that like it like in halo when they're just hitting like the squat button just like up and down and up and down <laughs> um, <laughs> so
1: all right speaking of tea bagging I this is actually a good a good uh, transition um, we'll do a Beach Boys song here surfing USA okay everyone knows that song too I'm going simple with these Surfing USA because this is this topic is about a beach town and it's also got a tea bag element just because it's about nudity. That's it. So there's a so there's some music and there's some uh, nudity. Here's the problem that I the thing I feel hopeless about is I just don't know what the de- why this is a big deal is there is a Maryland's most popular you might know this Maryland's most popular beach town is called Ocean City. And yep. uh, incredibly popular beach town. And there has been a a lawsuit, a federal trial that's been going on since uh, 2017 because there are people who want to make it a so it can be a topless beach if you want to be topless. And then there are people who don't want it to be topless. The mayor of Ocean City, Rick Meehan, does not want it to be topless. But then a lot of women say, why... Why does it matter if a woman wants to cover up their top or not? Uh, It's just part of their body. Why does it matter? Men can walk around without their top on. Why do women have to? And I uh, and and this is actually something that that is becoming top freedom. It's called, which is something going on in a lot of different states where people want uh, women want to be able to walk around topless and be topless if they want because they say if men can why can't women i am fully in favor of women being able to do what they want with their tops If they want to walk around topless walk around topless and especially at a beach if you want to great if you don't great uh what i feel hopeless about is why is it such a big deal like where it's 2021 it's not 1951, there's so much progress going on in terms of men and women having equal rights. Why, in this case, can't they have equal rights? And why is it such a fight? Uh, The argument against it is that that's nudity versus male nudity because of obvious reasons. I just it fascinates me that it's such a big deal, but then in other countries like France and stuff that, you know, not a big deal. So what do you, what's your take on it? Rowett or, or I,
2: give me, give me I hope am, because
1: I say, uh, what is it called? I say uh, top freedom.
2: I'm for yeah, top freedom. I mean, it's, it's absolutely bonkers that something like a nipple is so, uh, is seen as so scary. Um, and so like, uh, just so profane. Uh, we're in the same world where, you know, we're watching shows on TV, on regular TV, where people are getting like decapitated, blood splattering everywhere. So we can show violence and death, but we can't show how the same nipples, I mean, nipples are nipples, right? And right. it's like whether you're a man or a woman, you have nipples. Dude, even like animals have nipples and teats and shit. It's like, but for <laughs> some reason, we can't, women can't show theirs. And it's, it's, and I remember following the whole, you know, free the nipple hashtag. Uh, or free the nip you know i think there's two versions of it um a couple years ago and it was like a lot of up close pictures like you don't even know if that's a man or a woman's nipple and a lot of times there's dudes that also have boobs so if you got man boobs does that mean that you are not allowed to show your nipples i just think it's a it's a really silly double standard uh, and it makes no sense to me and honestly if women are allowed to be out and about with their nipples out, that just destigmatizes them. You know, it's like every mom has them, every woman has them, and it's like, you know, I I think it's it's silly. And hopefully, we we'll get to a place like even in Europe. I remember like there's there's like even like seeing commercials like they show boobs on TV. It's and, awesome like, on commercials. It's great. And yeah, I, I it's besides the whole you know, and this isn't about the male gaze. But I think that there is, it's just, it's human bodies, man. Who gives a crap? Nobody's and, at this point.
1: Yeah. And, can I jump in and say this about sexuality too? Um, men who have, uh, you know, bodies that women are attracted to are walking around topless and women can be like, Oh damn, you know, they look good or men who are into men, whatever, whatever your preference is, And, uh, If women want to do that and show off their physique or what they feel, they feel proud about their body and then men gaze, then that's also part of human nature. That's just human nature. Like, aren't we talking about pretty animalistic, basic things that don't need to become, that can be destigmatized at this point?
2: I mean, yeah, free the nip. Free the
1: nip, top freedom. And uh all hope gong of the fact that hopefully we're progressing past this this way where for some reason men can show their nipples and women can't.
2: Yeah. Women's bodies are nothing to be ashamed of. They're wonderful.
1: No, um, if, if any if anything, men's bodies are more to be ashamed oh, of. Oh dude, women. we
2: are disgusting. Yeah, we are we are absolutely <laughs> gross. Um, hairy asses and all. There's um, the hope gong.
1: So ass. Speaking of uh, hopeless, we're going to we have one hopeless TV. Uh what? and do you have a song for for uh for the topic which is 7 days in hell?
2: Yes, and this one is Meatloaf, Bat Bad Out of Hell.
1: and good and right. and wherever you are and you go, there's always going to be sunlight. I think a meatloaf nailed it so here's the thing there's a movie that's a 42 minute movie called seven days in hell rohit have you heard of the film i haven't this is why i feel hopeless you just nailed it thank you for giving that answer because if you didn't it wouldn't have helped my cause there's a movie called seven days in hell that a buddy of mine matt shout out uh told me about he's like aaron you've got to watch this movie, said, okay, I'll go home and watch it. It is starring Andy Sandberg and lots of other people. Like there are so many cameos. It stars Serena Williams. It stars uh, John McEnroe. There's David Copperfield is in it. And what it is about is a seven-day tennis match. It's a mockumentary sports movie. Uh, where Andy Samberg is this tennis star who has a seven-day tennis match that is the biggest seven days of hell that anyone has ever witnessed. And to say that that this 42 minutes, it's on HBO Max. It was made in 2015. To say that this movie was hilarious is an understatement. It is absolutely freaking hysterical. Hysterical 42 minutes. And I'd never heard of it. You'd never heard of it. And I don't get why this wasn't a thing that everyone said, you've got to watch this 42 minute. Like it's sort of like, you know, ESPN's 30 for 30 done in that style. But uh, it's like a
2: mockumentary style.
1: Yeah. Sort of like a Christopher Guesty thing as well. Like a spinal tap or best in show, that kind of thing. Uh, But really insane. Like, like over the top, insane, and I just felt hopeless because I hadn't heard of it, and I I thought I was on top of my movies and, and yeah, and I'm looking at it, it's comedic. clearly it's got an,
2: it's got an 86 rating fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which we don't always trust Rotten Tomatoes. Trust me, uh, Aaron and I have very many problems um, with that, but it looks like it's 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 gotten like overwhelming love. I'm gonna Aaron, I'm gonna watch this movie. Thank you for this recommendation, and if there's hope that I can bring to you, is that this word of mouth is not dead. And I think great movies can still live if we're able to um, sort of just, you know, have a space to talk about them. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. And we just
1: passed um, our 42 millionth listener. So at least we have a big reach to get the movie out.
2: Big, yeah, literally exactly that. And I think if I can also provide you another update um, right now, the number is just pulled it up. 59 and do you know what that number is Aaron what 59 no. stands for that is the Rotten Tomato score for Wonder Woman 1984 um, what? and it was previously I feel it was like in the 80s and it's been precipitously dropping over the past few months and we had talked about this because that movie it super should be sucked.
1: it should be zero
2: it should be a hard zero but I'm at least happy it is now certified rotten not certified fresh um, because that movie sucked. Um, so yes, we I I don't I try not to hold uh, grudges, but I do hold grudges. Um, so yes, yeah, is, I think,
1: and I don't even understand why it's a fifty nine or a forty nine or a thirty nine or a twenty nine yeah. or a nineteen. It just should be a nothing. Yes. Well, okay. Should we go to hope in sixty.
2: Yes, I love hope in sixty. And for those new listeners, this is where Aaron and I take about a minute to both state a problem and then find a solution. So we'll each probably take about, you know, 30 seconds to say what, what we're feeling hopeless about, and the other person will take about 30 seconds to answer that. Hope in 60 Seconds. Aaron, being that this is a, a hopeless topic that we had uh, sort of pushed back from, you know, from last week because we are out of time, this news might be old, but it's not any less hopeless. Hopeless. Right. Um, I'm gonna start and so donald p wagner supervisor of third district republican was making an argument uh this is in orange county california was making an argument against vaccines because he was asking a doctor who was there if the tracking devices in the vaccines could be activated <laughs> holy right. crap hope please
1: uh two pieces of hope one Parts of Orange County aren't actually part of California. They're going to be uh, they're going to be dismissed from California and are no longer going to be a part of it because they just don't exist in my mind. Just my mind, because Orange County is, has some wacky places with people like this. The second thing is this dude who said that. Um, Has now exposed himself as an idiot and hopefully does not get elected again because what a moron! If you think you're being we're being tracked because we got vaccinated, if you think that, then just form your own island of conspiracy theorists and just be an idiot with each other. Like you guys suck. So cancel him. I'm I'm not for cancel culture really, but cancel him. Cancel those cities in Orange County that have these people, and because they're not really part of California, Uh, you know we're the we're the snowflake capital of the world. So like. We don't want non snowflakes.
2: <laughs> and, and you know what? And Aaron, if I think the hope we can also pull out of this is that it further proves that to have very powerful positions in government. And I've said it before, you don't need to have an ounce of intelligence. Um, so congratulations, Donald P Wagner and giving hope to all invertebrates. And um, I guess any, if you're a lamp or an inanimate object that you two can probably also um, win office in orange County.
1: Yeah. Why don't we go run for office in Orange County? Yes. <laughs>
2: I'm going to take this water bottle and I'm going to put this water bottle here on the ballot. Uh, so <laughs> yes, it has, Thank that you. water
1: bottle has a picture of Danny DeVito on it too. So that yeah. would win.
2: Congrats to the Orange County GOP for providing that kind of hope to all inanimate objects everywhere. Um,
1: <laughs> and you have another topic.
2: Oh, I do have another topic. That's right. Um, and Aaron, this is something we kind of talked about, but let me start the timer and so, apparently, the Rise of the Resistance, this is the ride at Disneyland that you were telling me so much about before the quarantine started. We were going to go there for my birthday and ride it. And even recently, talked about how it's going to be a little bit different. Um, it appears that the ride has been shortened by three minutes, removing a bunch of cool scenes, but still keeping the integrity of the, the whole thing alive. But it looks like that is a permanent forever shortening. Help, hope.
1: So, luckily, you're talking to someone who has... And I've never experienced it, by the way. So, w- yeah. Well, you haven't, and you can't until it's back to normal luckily you have some intel coming from from me because i know some of these guys uh who do it i just had a, a lunch a dinner with an imagineer uh, last week and no. we talked about this exact thing luckily as luck would have it and when things get back to normal the ride will get back to normal there are some confined spaces in the ride in that because of C of the CDC guidelines can't have a certain number of people are signed. And that will be changed when we are back to COVID normal.
2: Great. So you have an in from an inside source, which is not what the news is telling us. And I will trust your source. um, And that makes me really, really happy. So thank you. That is immediate big time hope. So thank you. Aaron. So Um,
1: finally we wrap up the show with uh, submission. Uh, some, right, yeah. yes one, some, We have one submission this week That was very, 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 very important
2: Yeah, and, and I think the song um, that, that can lead us into, uh, into this one Is uh, by Wilco It's called uh, Box Full of Letters Got a box full of letters Think you might like to read
0: Some things that you might like to see But they Dress me.
1: I wish I had a lot of answers. That's the way it should
2: be. But all these questions interacted me. So this might be the probably the most appropriate song. That yes. We probably that that's had. that's
1: dead on. That's a great <laughs> what a call there. That's a great song. We can uh we should buy that song.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. From, no, is it is it Jeff? That's the lead. Jeff something Mangum, first from Wilco or whoever was the lead singer. Wilco, yeah, Jeff. Jeff. Time. Jeff. Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy.
1: Tweedy. Tweedy yep. Yes. Yes. So uh, that is great. Thank you, Wilco. So the submission is uh, Brad from Harrisburg. Um, we don't know who we're talking about there. Hmm. Said to uh, me, "Why do you keep reposting your lobster picture?" And it's true There is a picture I took Of a lobster I was going to eat At Neptune's Net Which is on the county line of Ventura and uh, On the PCH Ventura LA County line And so there's a place called Neptune's Net Neptune's Net is right next to uh, the camp Camp S. Kramer And Ginley Old Top Camp That my grandfather founded in 1950 And this restaurant's been there A really long time as well Restaurants holds a special place in my heart. And I went there and you can see the camp from there. And I posted a picture of a lobster that I was going to eat with like the beach in the background. And I tagged Neptune's net and Neptune's net reposted it. So then I reposted their repost. Then they reposted the repost of my repost. Then I reposted the repost of their repost of my repost of their repost. Then they reposted the repost of my repost of their repost of my repost of their repost. And it's been going on and on and on now for almost a week. We are at almost a week of it and it's continuing. And I don't want to stop this because it just warms my heart Knowing that this place not only put my lobster picture up on their uh, on their Instagram, but keeps putting it back on their story. And then I keep putting it it. on my story. So the reason I do it, Brad, is because I have a heart. And if you have a heart, you'll understand why I'm doing it, too. So and if you don't have a heart, then, uh, you know, we just know more about you as a human.
2: Yeah, if you follow the Aaron Wolf on Instagram, um, you'll see just that in his stories—just that lobster getting smaller and smaller and smaller with each reshare. Yes. So I
1: guess, I guess, since you just gave the plug of my hashtag, should we end the show with with our plugs?
2: Yeah. Why don't you kick off, Aaron?
1: So I'm the Aaron Wolf on all social media platforms. We're the Hopeless Show on all social media platforms. We also have to update the hopeless show's social media platforms, but oh, yeah. I'm the Aaron Wolf, and you can see I am as Rohit is talking. I am going to again add the lobster to my story. And Brad said he might unfollow me because I keep doing this, but then we know if you don't do if you do that, I won't. You don't have art.
2: Yeah, someone replaced Brad in terms of Aaron's lost follower account, um, and <laughs> you can f- follow me also um, at Vohit for Rohit V O H I T the number four. R-O-H-I-T on all platforms and reach out to us shoot us questions share this episode hey and if there's any fans of um, Portugal The Man you know share this with your friends who are too yeah and thank you again Zach for joining our show for a two part interview and with that being said stay hopeful everybody and we will catch you next week
1: yes and feel it still tie in to the band
2: (laughs) And you just can't take it anymore.
0: Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and rogue woe. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Row hit woe.